Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1. How many of you would consider yourself a patient person? I worked with you for too many years to (laughs) agree to that. Most of us are not patient people. I myself am probably not the most patient person, especially when I have somewhere to be. Um, Even if I don't have somewhere to be, if we're going to my parents' house, which we never have to be there for a certain time, I'm always in a rush to get there. I just want to go, want to go, want to go, want to go. And uh, so it's, it's not natural for me to be patient, and many of us are not. Um, sometimes there are people, though, that can just sit back, relax, and wait patiently for things to get done. And I don't quite understand those people. But nonetheless, there are times when we have to be patient. The Bible says that patience is a virtue. And I always back that up by seldom found in you. Patience is a virtue seldom found in you because that is the truth about me. But Joshua chapter 1 begins to give us a little something about patience. And uh, you may never have approached this passage this way, but there's something interesting in here that I want you to see. Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says this, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 8, probably one of the most famous verses in Joshua. The Bible says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity of being here today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to dedicate Austin. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to baptize uh, this after the service. Father, I pray that you would be with everything that goes on here today, but most importantly, what goes on right now. Father, I pray that you bring our attention to you, help us to understand what it means to wait upon you. Help us have the patience that we need. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. We love you for it. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I want you to notice two things in this passage, and it starts with the first two verses. I want you to notice this phrase, now after the death of Moses. I want you to notice the second phrase, which is found in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. What I want you to realize is this. The children of Israel could never go into the promised land until Moses was dead. Think about that. The children of Israel could not make it into the promised land until Moses was dead. You think, man, that's not fair. That's not even nice. That's, that's, not, even, uh, that's not even something that I want to take part of. But this is the fact of the matter. Moses committed sin before God and could not go into the promised land. He couldn't go. Thus, the children of Israel could not make it into the promised land until Moses had passed away. And so if you can imagine with me what the children of Israel were doing. All of this time from the start really of Deuteronomy all the way through now up until this point, they are waiting for Moses to die. Basically just twiddling their thumbs. They can't go in until Moses passes away. We saw last week in Deuteronomy chapter 34 that God takes Moses up into a high mountain, shows him all the land that God had promised him, shows him everything that's going on, and then says, now you're going to die, and takes Moses' life from him. I want you to understand this. There are times when we have to wait so God can accomplish his purpose in someone else. There are times when we have to wait so that God can accomplish his purpose in someone else. Listen, God had more for Moses to do. God had Moses doing something. God had Moses spending time talking to the children of Israel and instructing them. God had plans for Moses. And he wasn't quite done with. And so two plus million people sit there and wait, looking across the Jordan, waiting to enter into the promised land. Understand this, God is always, understand this, God is always, always, always doing something behind the scenes. God is always doing something behind the scenes. We are not God. We cannot see all of the moving parts. We cannot see everything that is going on in the world. Listen, at best, at best, we can see maybe what's going on with our family. At best. We can see, you know, how our family is doing. We can see what direction they're headed. We can see tendencies in them. But listen, the reality is most of us can barely see what's going on in our own lives. We can barely see what direction we're taking. We can barely see how past the front of our noses is the statement. We like to judge God based upon what we see, don't we? We like to judge God based upon what we see and what he's doing currently in my life. There'll be questions something like this. God, why isn't my child coming back to you? Why isn't my child doing the right thing? Why, why isn't my grandparents, why aren't they being healed? And you begin to ask these questions and you think, I have these problems, I have these things that are going on in my life. Why aren't you doing these things? We don't know. But this we do know. Write this down. God always has a bigger plan. 
God always has a bigger plan than what you can ever imagine. He's got something bigger. Isaiah 55 and verse 9, the Bible says this, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Listen, God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can never understand who or what God is or why he's doing what he's doing. We can't understand it. All we know is that we have to trust him. The problem is this. We always want to understand the plan before we take part in the plan, don't we? We always want to understand the plan before we take part in the plan. And if we don't understand it, we want to have some say in it. God, no, 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 no. I don't agree with the way you're taking me. I don't agree with how you're providing for my life. I want to have some say. But listen, if we will just put that aside and we will just say, I will trust God with my entire life. I will trust him. We will be much more satisfied with the result. Much more satisfied. The problem is you have no idea what your end is. You have no idea what God has in store for you. But if you will just trust him, he will take you to that. There are things that God wants to do, as I said before, that you can't even imagine. Greater things. Greater things than we could ever think, than we could ask or think, the Bible says. The model prayer that Jesus taught to his disciples was this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The next phrase is so interesting. Listen to it. Thy kingdom come. Listen. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you realize what you're saying when you pray that? God, it doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what my world uh, needs. It's what matters is that the entire earth has your will done. So in this instance, Moses, I mean, God's got to do something with him. And there's two million people sitting there waiting on God. Just waiting. Just sitting there being patient, twiddling their thumbs. Maybe they're doing some other things. I don't know what they're doing exactly. But Jesus said this, we need God's will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Do you you think God's will is done in heaven? I know it is. When God's will wasn't done in heaven, those people that didn't do God's will in heaven got kicked out of heaven. A third of the angels and Satan got kicked out of heaven because they went against what God's will was. Listen, God's will in heaven is always done, but it's not always done on earth. God wants to use you. But there are going to be times when you have to be patient. I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled very simply this. Waiting for Waiting for God. Understand that this is not the first time that the children of Israel waited on Moses. There was another time when they waited for Moses and it was in Mount Sinai. Some of you will probably remember this story. They're in Mount Sinai and Moses was in the mountain receiving from God the Ten Commandments and all kinds of other commandments. Exodus chapter 32, this is what was said. The Bible says, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said this, listen, up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, 
the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. Moses has been in the mountain for 40 days. What in the world? How long is he going to be? Can we please get moving here? Waiting for Moses. And what do they do? They immediately get distracted and they say to Aaron, the priest, up, make us gods. Do, make us something that we can worship. Make us something that will go before us. We're sick of waiting. We're sick of being patient. This is the attitude many of us have. We don't like to wait. We want to make things happen right now. We want to make sure our will is accomplished. We focus on the problem instead of focusing on our responsibilities at the time. There have been times in my life where I had to wait. Oh, I hate it. I hate waiting. Because there's times where I go, I know what's right to do and I know where I want to get. And I believe God is calling me there, but I have to wait. It's like the children of Israel. The promised land is just right there. I can see it. In fact, we've been seeing it for probably a year now. We're just waiting. I hate waiting. But there are times when our, we have to focus on our responsibility when God says wait. What is our responsibility? I want to give you three things this morning to do while you wait for God. Three things to this morning to do while you wait for God. Number one is learn. Learn. Look at verse 7 and 8 of this passage, Joshua chapter 1. The Bible says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest, listen, watch this, observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Again, as I said before, the entire book of Deuteronomy was Moses teaching them teaching the children of Israel, giving them guidelines, giving them rules and regulations, giving them the law of what God wanted them to do. So while they were waiting, Moses was teaching them. He was giving them final words of wisdom. He was instructing them. And in this passage, Joshua chapter 1, God is now talking to Joshua and he says, listen, all those things that Moses taught you, observe them. All those things that you were taught from me by Moses, those are the things that you need to pay attention to. Those are the things that you need to do because if you want to have success, if you want to prosper, you need to learn what I have given you. What are the, some of the lessons that they had to learn? What are some of the lessons that they had to go through? They had to learn, number one, about God. About God. They had to learn who God was. Who was God? The children of Israel had to learn that God chose them above the rest. Do you realize that? Of all the people in the entire world, God chose the children of Israel. God looked down and said, I want this people. I want to be their God. I want them to be my people. I want to be all to them. God was all powerful. God would give them the promised land. God was the one who promised them this land. He was the one that wanted to be all of the children of Israel's focus. 
He wanted to be their desire. I hope you think and know this, that that's exactly what God wants from us today. God wants us to know who he is. God wants us to have a focus of God. God wants us to desire him. David said, as a, as a heart, a deer pants forth a water brook, so panted my soul after thee, O God. How badly do you want God? John chapter 14 in verse 21, the Bible says this, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and listen to this, and will manifest myself to him. Do you realize that God wants to reveal himself to you? God wants to walk with you side by side. God wants to spend time with you. God wants to be your God. But he can't unless you choose him to be. Unless you learn about him. We, I quote this often, Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, come unto me. All you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God is begging for you to learn of him. God is begging for you to understand who he is, what he does once you understand who he is, you can understand what he does. Let's look at what the children of Israel learned over and 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 over again. Moses told the children of Israel how God had provided for them. God had given them everything they needed. God delivered them out of the land of Egypt. Split the Red Sea wide open. Provided manna for them on a daily basis. Provided quail for them. Gave them everything they needed. Gave them water out of a rock. Gave them, uh, turned bitter water into water that was drinkable. How God already had, had conquered great kings, Sihon and Og, king of the Amorites. God had already done some amazing things for them. Moses continued to remind them in the book of Deuteronomy, this is what you need to know about God. He is powerful. He is wonderful. He will provide for you if you will just trust him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You need to learn what God can do. During the times that we wait on God. When we just don't know which way to go anymore. It's good just to sit and learn about God. It's good just to sit and remember what God has done in your life. As I look across this room, I, I know many of you. Many of you have a testimony of what God has done. And if God can do, then God can do in the future as well. And as you're waiting on God, not sure which way, what direction, learn. Allow your faith to build. It's good to go back and reminisce about what God has done and how he can do it again. Having this information will help us conquer. Conquer the things in our lives that we need conquering. But we have to learn these things sometimes in a period of waiting. We need to learn, secondly, about ourselves. Learn about ourselves. What did they need to learn about themselves? 
Again, as you study the book of Deuteronomy and even further, you learn that the children of Israel were easily distracted. Easily distracted. Some of you are easily distracted this morning. It happens. We get distracted by social media. We get distracted by things that pop up. We get distracted by our families. We get distracted by all kinds of things. The children of Israel got distracted by all all kinds of different things. They got distracted by the women of Midian. They got distracted by the gods of this particular people. They got distracted by the wealth of this. And they got distracted by all kinds of different things. They were an easily distracted people. How many times did Moses tell the people, keep God as your focus? Don't look over here. Don't serve other gods. Don't do that. Keep your eyes on God. If you understand that you are easily distracted then a wise person would do their best to remove all distractions. I am one of those people who are easily distracted. And this is the biggest culprit right here. So, you know, there's wonderful things on this phone. One of those wonderful things is a way to keep me from being distracted. There's a setting on here where you can turn your phone pretty well off. And so I do. I don't hardly get any work done when this thing's around. So from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock, I I have it set up automatically so that all the apps except for like my phone and my messaging app, they're all shut down. I love it. A wise person knows they're easily distracted, removes distractions. And so there are times when we need to learn about ourselves and understand that, hey, maybe I'm easily distracted. Second thing that I want you to see is that they were easily distracted, or not just easily distracted, but they did not have the ability in themselves. Moses, again, constantly harped on the fact, listen, God will provide. God will do. You can't do it yourself. You are incapable. You cannot conquer the land. Only God can conquer the land. They could not do it without God's help. I believe this is a very key point for all of us to learn. We cannot make it to heaven on our own. We cannot make it to heaven on our own. We can't do it. It's impossible. The Bible says it's a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We can't do it in our own strength. You realize that we cannot conquer the storms of this life on our own. Man, the disciples tried, didn't they? Disciples tried to conquer the storm on the sea. Couldn't do that. Had to wait for Jesus to rise up and say, peace be still. You know what? They tried to conquer the storm of Jesus being taken. Peter whips out his sword, tries to cut off the head of of Malchus and ends up just getting his ear. And Jesus says, hey, you put that up. They that live by the sword shall die by the sword. And he heals Malchus's ear. Listen, you can try all you want. You will flounder all you want. You cannot do anything spiritually in and of yourself. It has to be through the power of God. Do you want to overcome a sin? It's got to be through the power of God. Do you want to overcome a temptation in your life? It's got to be through the power of God. Do you want to overcome a trial that's going on in your life right now? It has to be through the power of God because you need to learn about yourself and realize that you can't do anything. I want you to look at the first point about God, learn about God, and then learn about yourselves. And I want to bring you to a conclusion here. Just on the first point. Then we got two other points. It's this. 
the more you learn about God, the more you will see yourself in a light that only God can shine. And the more you'll learn about yourself and the more you'll realize, I am nothing and God is everything. David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Who are we that you would ever even look down upon us and do anything for us? When you realize how great God is, you realize how terrible you are. And you can't do these things yourself. If you are not learning about yourself, if you are not learning about God in these times when you're just waiting on God, then you are literally crippling yourself. And you are doomed to repeat your last failure. History is going to repeat itself if we don't learn from it. So there are going to be times you're going to be sitting, God, I'm not, I'm not sure what to do here. Let me give you a challenge. Learn all you can about God. and Learn all you can about yourself. And allow God to continue to work so that you'll be prepared. That's the second point, prepare Look at verse 11 to 14. I'll finish these last two up very quickly. The Bible says, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare you vittles for within three days ye shall pass over the Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. See, they had a responsibility to prepare. And you'll see the next couple of verses. You'll see that the two and a half tribes had to prepare. These two and a half tribes could not cross over the Jordan until they had built houses and they had built fences for their livestock. They had to do all of these things. They had to prepare for battle. The other uh, nine and a half tribes, I'm sure they were preparing for battles that would come up. They were preparing physically. They were preparing spiritually. They were getting ready for what was coming. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. The Bible says that the children of Israel were to sanctify themselves. Hey, get ready. There's a battle coming. Get ready because you need to be as pure as you can possibly be. Write this down. When you are waiting on God, continue in what is right. It's so easy for us to get distracted. God, I'm taking my time here. What is, what is taking so long? I can't keep this up forever. And just like the children of Israel did probably 40 years ago, they got distracted. They didn't keep their eyes on God. They got distracted by another God. And they said, we want to serve these other gods over here. And we want to see what they have to offer. Make us a God. When they were waiting, they didn't continue to do right. It's so easy. And Pastor Holland has said this for years. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Listen, there's times in our lives where we just don't know how to make the step forward. We don't know how to go forward for Christ. But there's all kinds of things in front of us that we know we're supposed to do. I know that I'm supposed to read my Bible. I know that I'm supposed to go to church. I know that I'm supposed to uh, uh, live uh, according to what Christ has given us. I know those things. Don't look back for them. Just because you don't have the next step... is really probably because you're not ready for it. So get yourself prepared. God will not give you any more information until you are practicing what has already been taught. God will not give you any more information until you are practicing what has already been taught. When you are waiting on God, prepare yourself for what you might face. 
in the days ahead. All of us are going to come to that point. But number three, I want you to see very quickly, grow your passion. Grow your passion. Look at verse 16 of Joshua chapter 1. The Bible says this, and they answered Joshua saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. I want you to realize something. These were not the same people that left Egypt. Like literally. Not, oh, some mystical transformation has happened and they became more spiritual. No, no, no. Literally, these are not the same people that left Egypt. They were, these people that left Egypt were in bondage for 400 years. Slaves. Moses comes and delivers them. God miraculously through Moses delivers them. And they are excited and they cross the Red Sea and they see God do some amazing things. And they try to enter the promised land the first time and they don't do it. 40 years they'll wander in the wilderness and the Bible says that anybody over the age of 20 would die. This is not the same group of people. This is the second or third generation. Listen, there's some second and third generations in here. How much harder is it for a second and third generation to be passionate about what God is doing? How many second or third generation Christians are there here today that would say what they said here? All that thou commandest us we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us we will go. Hey, God, whatever you want us to do, we'll do. Most second and third generation Christians or second and third generation people say, give me some more. We want more. Very rarely do you see a passion grow such as this. It's a new generation. In this time of waiting, this generation allowed their passion and their desire to fulfill all that God had intended for them and for their nation to continue to grow. Do you realize that God had intended this for the first set of people? But they couldn't go in. They disobeyed God. And now this second generation, it would have been easy for them to say, well, if the first generation couldn't do it, we can't do it. I'm standing here today, listen, God has promised you the land. Go in and take it. God has promised us that we will conquer. There will be nothing that can stand in our way. We are more than conquerors. Listen, it doesn't matter what the previous generations did. It didn't matter what they did. Listen, we can conquer today. Let's grow our passion. Listen, they, previous generations did some amazing things. Saw God do some amazing things. Watch the Red Sea split. Can you imagine? But listen, it's wonderful to remember that. But God can do something today. God has promised us. We can grow our passion. When God makes us wait, it would be easy to let our passion subside. But it is in these moments that we must let our anticipation grow. Get excited about what God has promised. We must continue to expect God to do great things. We must continue to expect God's will to be done. I want to close by reading you this verse. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen, waiting on God, you might think, what an absolute waste of time. I could have been doing this, that, or the other thing. God's got something to teach you in those times. God's got something to prepare you for. And God just wants to see how much you want it. And when you wait upon the Lord, you will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to run and you'll never be weary. You're going to walk. You won't faint. Listen, as we go through the book of Joshua, God says to Joshua, if you will follow me, you will never lose a battle. You know, he said the same thing to us. We can, we are more than conquerors. We can never lose when God is on our side, when we're walking with him, when he is with us. But listen, it's going to take times of waiting when we just need to reflect and relearn, re-get under that. When God has you waiting on someone or something, don't squander that time. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Allow God to use it and exactly and mold you into exactly what he wants you to be. It wasn't until the death of Moses. Now that my servant is dead, now you get to go in. You don't know what God has for you. But when in those moments, take the time to allow God to form you and shape you into what he wants you to be.